Do you ever wonder why some podcasts are so successful? Do you wish that you could replicate the success of some of the top podcasts? So do we. And we believe there is no harm in asking. So we're questioning everything about how podcasts are produced, hosted, and monetized. This is No Harm in Asking. I'm Eric Byron. And I'm Michael Kerr, always ready to share my thoughts. We review podcasts and look for clues to why some make it big. And some don't make it at all. This week, we'll be reviewing the Gary V Audio Experience with Gary Vaynerchuk. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. And today, we have a guest on the show. Please welcome Danielle Meadows-Stinnett. Danielle is a podcaster hosting the More Than Graphics podcast, and she's the CEO and creative director of Octane Design Studios. Welcome, Danielle. Welcome. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. So tell us a little bit about your your show and and why is it named More Than Graphics? Well, More Than Graphics actually uh, came from my business hashtag, which is More Than Graphics. And (laughs) when I first started it, it was kind of given to me as a compliment, like, oh, you're so much more than graphics. And I'm like, ooh, uh, Ooh, thank you. I'll take the compliment and then I'll sit on it. And it kind of turned into this way that we can obviously market our business. But I wanted to be more than that. And that's when this kind of spurred into the story of podcasting. And I really loved already doing podcast editing as I was doing it for years before that point, but I've never been really in front of the mic. And so I Mm. took this as an opportunity for me to lend not only other people's voices, but my own for safe spaces for women of color, women in tech and the creative industries. Oh, that's awesome. So your creative piece, what, what actually do you do there? Yeah, Octane Design Studios is now a 13-year-old digital marketing and branding firm based in the heart of the bluegrass. So it's completely owned and led by women. It's one of very few minority-owned businesses led by a full staff of women in the state of Kentucky. Yeah. And and I have to say, you know, both Michael and I have listened to your podcast. I can't speak for Michael, but I can say I loved it. Great energy and vibe. You're you're Thank just you. you're awesome. So <laughs> yeah. I know why you like Gary V. That's uh, listening to your podcast. I can I can certainly see where you get some Gary V. inspiration. So we can definitely talk about that. Yeah, great for our audience. So this is our first guest on the show, right? And so we invited you, Danielle, because well, first of all, we found a common thread there in the interest in Gary V. Mm. And we just wanted to have another voice, right? Another angle, if you will, on things. Uh, we don't want people to get tired of Michael and I's perspectives on things and the way we view, you know, what's cool and important or you know interesting about podcasts. And you had mentioned that you liked Gary V, and he was one we wanted to review anyway. So we thought, well, let's bring Danielle on, and she can tell us why she likes Gary V, <laughs> and we'll you know banter a little bit today about about that and kind of compare notes on on what we like or don't like about Gary V. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So I'm willing to kick it off. I've listened to Gary V. I've read his books. I'm for the most part a pretty big Gary V. fan. I know he caught some criticism early on. I think a lot of people thought he was this privileged, you know, privileged young man who'd been handed a three million dollar business. But 
I think that criticism is unfair. I, I think he figured out early on how to use social media, how to build the YouTube channel for his family's business and grew it from, you know, three to 60 million. So I think mm -hmm. the criticism of Gary Vee is unfair. And I think he is a hardworking guy. Now, it's interesting, obviously, there's a bit of a balance with Gary Vee. You get the humbleness. I'm just one little speck of 8 billion people on earth during a little 100 year window on the universe's trajectory of all time. And so I, I'm humbled by that. And thus, when I fail, that's me with myself. And then you get a bit of self-grandizement that I think it sometimes is a bit too much. Yeah, because productivity is subjective. When people are like, Gary, you're saying yes to too many things. I'm like, let me tell you something I said yes to that you would have said no to that led to X. And I achieved more financial success with that serendipity than you did with your entire fucking strategy of douchiness. And I'm not really sure this is a podcast, right? This is more mm. about Gary V going through his daily life with a microphone in his face and we get that content. It's a content platform for Gary Vee. It's not really a podcast. What do you think, mm -hmm. Danielle? I completely agree with that. I completely concur. And I think one of the um, similarities that Gary Vee and I come from is from this lineage of entrepreneurship, knowing that his great-grandparents um, were actually people that were entrepreneurs starting out. They handed yeah. him down this legacy of the hard work that they built. I come from a third generation entrepreneur where my great grandparents also were entrepreneurs in their own right, defining their own destinies when the law and the country didn't recognize it. And so I think it's really interesting that grit and grind that comes from entrepreneurship is both kind of embedded into our lifestyles. Um, we knew at a young age that we were able to do more than what others could do based upon our own entrepreneurial past and our histories. I, I just think that's really kind of a very common factor of why um, we are kind of bonded in that way. As oh, far like as the platform is concerned, I love the fact that it is an experience. It is more than a podcast. It is literally an online streaming of V, to be really honest. It's, um, it's a, a long-term subconscious stream of thought. And I like that in a lot of ways. If you want to call it like, you know, we can name it something like, you know, the ongoing Blair Witch Project or something along those lines. Because I mean, I feel like that's the same derivative of new tech or new form of style that he's brought to the table. So I just kind of uh, not fangirling entirely, but definitely understand why um, he gets the, the grit and the grind from the media a lot because entrepreneurs think different. <laughs> We're not normal. And I, I really pride myself on that. Yeah, I think there's no question that he's kind of an over-the-top character. I mean, he has mm -hmm. personality and charisma and, you know, unbelievable energy. So, you know, I totally get that. I certainly can't argue with the fact that he's a brilliant businessman. He has, is, you know, yeah. he has a talent there. You know, I don't know how anybody else can match it. Now, I will say as a purist on the podcasting thing, right? Because this is <laughs> our media is podcast first. And clearly what he's doing is kind of podcast last. I do have problems with the audio quality and the fact that he he just does some things that we would never want other podcasters really to do. Mm -hmm. Things like just cutting off an episode. Right. Sometimes he just kind of it's like an arbitrary and you know, we're going to stop right here. 
and you're right in the middle of something and it just cuts off. And then you yes. go, oh, okay, part two is the next episode. And you click that one and it just starts cold, just assumes mm -hmm. you were listening to part one and I don't need an intro. I don't need to explain anything. Just here it is, right? He just chopped it up. So yes, yeah, so it's very unconventional <laughs> in the podcast media to do what he does. And clearly that doesn't bother him one bit. I've even heard him say unapologetically, you know, people complain about my audio quality, you know, I don't give an F. <laughs> you know? yeah, I mean, yeah. He, yeah, he he doesn't care. You know, I commented this to, to Michael uh, yesterday, I think we were talking that, you know, it frustrates me sometimes to the point where I want to like download his audio and put it through the tools to clean it up so I can listen <laughs> to it better. Mm -hmm. Um, I was listening to one yesterday and I actually, his audio was decent. He was doing a, a fireside chat thing, but the host, you could barely hear the audio. Oh man. Yeah. So it was like, all right, I'm missing half the question, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I'm hearing his answers and his answers were good. He's a fireball. He, it's uh but Gary V clearly thinks that he's got to get content out every single day. These appear on his, you know, on the Gary V experience every yes. single day. Maybe there's a day that he skips as a longtime listener, Danielle, do you listen every day? Is Do you feel the content needs to be there every every single day? Or if he spent more time improving the quality, making a presentation that is more maybe palatable to the majority of, of audiences, do you think he could go further with what he's trying to do? I completely understand why he does what he does in some areas. And and majority of that is the fear of letting go. And when I say letting go, I mean, for a lot of entrepreneurs, we have a hard time getting things out, putting it out, not only not just to say that it's 110% quality is a grade A piece, but just getting it out. Gary Vee has finessed to some sort of process where whether it's crappy or not, he, he gets it out. And for a lot of us as creatives, that's a that's a couch burner. In, as yeah. we say in Kentucky, it's a barn burner. Yeah. Um, that's really hard for us to, to be able to do consistently. And so Gary has found a way to do it consistently, even though it's not the grade A product. It's not 110%. It's not even maybe a grade C on the level of <laughs> podcast editing that many of us are accustomed to on a more professional basis. But he's getting it out. And for us, that's really more of a do or die, um, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword moment for us. Actually, I like your perspective there. I mean, I wouldn't have taken away the way you said earlier that, that he's relatable to you as a, you know, sort of third generation entrepreneur, minority. But this know your audience kind of thing, I think, is what his connection is. I mean, I think I'm going to take this from you. He knows what who's listening to him. His lesson is, hey, I'm just going to pump out content, right? That's more important. Good is you know, good is better than perfect in this case. And quantity is better than than less, regardless of mm. the quantity. I know, Eric, we spoke about this yesterday. His quality is still about, you know, an issue for Gary Vee. You know, is it more about content volume or is it more about content quality? Because he is on he is he does feel content quality needs to be there. But I think he still struggles with what the perfect mix is. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. And I, that's a beautiful, like, even kind of opening conversation into, you know, what is entrepreneurship? What does it mean to leave your mark? Does it mean it has to be polished? Does it have to be perfected in some ways? Every um and every stutter taken out? Or is it a matter of literally just saying the shit, like saying it what you need to say? 
So um, I am really like adamant about, you know, being unique and saying what you need to say versus how well it is said. What about the message? I often find Gary Vee, I'm not always clear what the message is. He's very supportive. Don't get me wrong. And and I love that he never criticizes anybody. He's all in all the time. Um, but it, a lot of the the advice is, mm, you know, hard to understand. Do you maybe as an entrepreneur, what do you think? Do you do you find that you get um, you know good value from the from the content at all times, or it's a, again a bit of a mix? Yeah, definitely for me in the very beginning, it was like, okay, he's speaking directly to me. Like, how does he know he's looking over my shoulder and telling me all these things? But over time, definitely it has watered, it has phased. Um, It definitely has its own ebb and flow. Some weeks it's, yes, absolutely. This is exactly what I needed to hear. Other weeks it's kind of, where are you going? Um, Not necessarily we're lost, but just kind of point me where you were trying to go. And I definitely feel like every day is not perfect. And I feel like that's also a good testament to, you know, just the trials and tribulations of being a creative in that way, being a business person, not knowing all the answers, but knowing at least the foundation to where to start the process. And for a lot of people, especially when we talk about entrepreneurship, we talk about women in tech and women creatives, we don't, we struggle hard with finding a focal point. We think about all the clutter, but we don't think where to start to minimize the clutter. So um, just knowing that Gary Vee kind of provides a little bit of a roadmap, maybe not the exact answer that we want to hear or see, but it is somewhat of a footing so that we can kind of map out and kind of create our own trajectory. Yeah. So I do love the concept there. And you talk about entrepreneurship and, uh, you know, Michael and I, in fact, we met through working uh, together with startups, trying to help startups, you know, get their businesses going. And one of the greatest frustrations I have with with founders often is the lack of action, right? Mm-hmm. They're all talk and they can spin and whatever. And, and you just, sometimes you just want to shake them and say, go do, <laughs> build something, <laughs> right? Stop talking about building something, stop trying to raise money and go do something. And, mm-hmm. and so I do like that kind of messaging coming through with Gary, who's just like, you know, you just got to go, 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 mm-hmm. go do it. You know, don't talk about it anymore. You know, go make it happen. Where are your customers? Where's your product? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The urgency of now, right? Like that's the thing that I feel like I was most attracted to in listening to Gary Vee in the beginning. And even now, the sense of urgency that he provides in most of his experiences right now outside of the the blistering cursing and all the additional uh, backwater, (laughs) back channel things that may come out from those conversations. But Um, That is something that's been consistent with his brand is the urgency of now. The opportunity for you to accomplish whatever the fuck you're up to right now is never been greater than it is right now. We're, thank you. (laughs) And so I really like that uh, aspect because it does put a fire under many of us to, okay, I do need to start that plan. I do need to start now. I do need to do something um, versus nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he certainly presented plenty of evidence of the early uh, entry into markets advantage thing for him. And he's also, you know, humble in saying when he's missed <laughs> the mark, right? You know, mm-hmm. he's, uh, he, I think in that episode I listened to yesterday, he talked about his investment in Tumblr. And, you know, it was a good attempt. <laughs> 
<laughs> right? Right, <laughs> right idea just picked the wrong horse in that race, right? Right. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, he made no apologies for the fact that he went in. He saw something and, you know, he just jumped in, right? That uh, I completely you know, sometimes, agree. Yeah, you just got to go and you're not going to get it right every time. As long as you get it right sometimes, <laughs> that uh, outweighs the the few mistakes you make. Uh, I agree. That type of content. Yeah. He has used that type of content before this, you know, things that I mm -hmm. missed on. I didn't invest in Netflix, didn't call the guy back, you know, or I should have didn't invest in Uber. He seems to, to focus a lot on the things that he did not do, the opportunities that he had and he didn't take. I think that's fair, but I'd like to see maybe when he does talk about his failures, maybe to talk about maybe not some of the things he didn't get a chance to do, but some of the things that, you know, that he, he attempted and that it really where it really failed. I think that mm -hmm. might connect with some um, entrepreneurs a little bit more than those kinds of stories that that he seems to to pile on. I agree. I would definitely connect with a story of his that where he tried something, it it didn't pan out and yeah. what he pivoted from to make it a success for him. I think uh, for a lot of people who are listening to Gary Vee, they're looking for direct answers in some areas. And if you listen long enough, you'll realize that he doesn't have it all figured out. I love the fact that he does uh, very vocally say about the mistakes, the things that he missed on. Um, but I also love hearing those stories because it makes me reevaluate and rescope where I am currently. So I don't know if he's doing that strategically just as a um, this is what happened to me kind of moment, um, MTV Cribs, this is my life like thing, or if it's more of a um, more of an introspective thing, like learn from me um, because of what I missed on. Um, and I think that's also something, it's also a teaching moment. It's teaching, it's, it's teaching the blind spots, right? It's teaching us the things that we may not be aware about that's currently in our midst to take advantage of. What do you think yeah. drives Gary Vee, Danielle? What do you think, what's driving Gary Vee to do this? Uh, money. And, money. <laughs> well, and, you think money is what drives Gary Vee? What's the money thing with Gary Vee? Why why does money matter to Gary Vee? Uh, I think, well, for him, he's building. He's he's constantly building. He knows that uh, the teams that he's working with aren't free. Um, they are definitely something that he has to sustain. So and He wants to own the of, Jets. All right. Yes. I know he wants to own the Jets. I, I'm not, yes. I need money actually, so he can do, buy the Jets. <laughs> I do like that. Don't get me wrong. I like the big goal, you know, the the BHAG. Um, you know, I, I give him some credit for that. I, I think putting out that out there early on was uh was very important. But um yes. yeah, sorry, I don't mean to I don't mean to interdict. Oh, you're fine. I think the other thing more than money is making sure the story's there. Like he wants to make sure the story is told and told from his perspective. Let me be very specific about that. Um, how many times has have we come around these amazing mind blowing gurus and we don't know either little to no, nothing about them or we find out something really big at their funeral? <laughs> yeah. Um, something that happened after the fact, um, something that pivoted in their life that made them do whatever it is that they're known for or remembered for. And it's like for Gary, it's a matter of him telling his story, his way, um, and leaving his mark in that way. I still think he's pretty grounded. You know, he's been married for what 15 plus years. He's got two <laughs> kids. I think he cares about, you know, that his family, fam I think he's family, a family first kind of guy. Yes. Um, so I think he ticks all of the important boxes for all the entrepreneurs out there. And yet he's still able to combine everything, right? He does it. You don't have to, you know, just focus on your entrepreneurial life. You can have it all if you know to use yes. a, 
is. The term. So Absolutely. yeah, I think he, I think he showcases a lot of good things in the um, entrepreneurial space. Absolutely. I still, is this a podcast? I don't know, but you're right, Danielle. I think he's doing what he wants to do with this, with this medium. And um, I think that's a good, that's a good lesson for podcasters. If, you know, it doesn't have to be apparently what we're learning here is that it doesn't have to be a perfect production. It can be what you want to be. This is what podcasting is. What, what, how am I going to use it? He doesn't use it like anybody else. He uses it for his mm -hmm. unique Gary V thing, his unique Gary mm -hmm. V experience. And I, I give him a lot of credit for that. That's what he deserves. Absolutely. Everybody can leave their own thumbprint and their own carbon print in their own way. And Gary's doing it. He's finding a way. Um, okay. And it's becoming a beacon for others to do their own. All right. Now you're kind of in this space of marketing media stuff. One of the pieces of advice that I've heard him give numerous times is telling folks you should be on like 14 different platforms and four to five posts a day. And I really struggle with this as advice for most people like Michael and I who are not adept at this and trying to come up with four decent posts um, mm -hmm. on, on a day, on any given day. And then the worry that I'm just going to annoy anybody who's you know, picking up you know, my posts in their feed, right? That they're going to see me four times in a day and go, all right, block this goober. <laughs> you know, what is he doing? What's your, your take on that advice? Is that good advice for most people to post four or five times on a whole bunch of different platforms? I encourage people to meet people where they are. And for some people, that is 14 different apps and applications. And for others, it's just two. Right. And so I think it's really a matter of one, how much can you handle as the person putting out that content? What is your output level, right? Mm -hmm. um, the other part of that is honestly um, asking yourself and asking your tribe, how much do you want to see of me? Do you want to see me everywhere? Do you want to see yeah. me just here? I think it's a balance of the two, what you're capable of doing and what your audience expects from you. Yeah, because the counter point to you know Gary's approach of and he does say this isn't just you know throw it out there and see what sticks to the wall it's supposed to be very intentional um mm -hmm. but high quantity right get it out there get it out there get it out there and then you have the Mr Beast theory oh yes <laughs> right we love Mr Beast also but it's almost the you know complete polar opposite strategy right he says mm. go big don't put a bunch of crap out there spend you know three months and put together some massive wonderful incredible thing that's going to go viral right and that's like his secret to why he is the most viral on youtube mm -hmm. right so how do I you how do you yeah how do you balance that there's a couple different ways that i balance it and again it kind of goes back to the amount of energy i'm a huge advocate of the energy you put out is the energy that will eventually return to you and so it is really interesting concept when I hear Mr. Beast talk about wait three months because you can reserve that energy and put it out there massive, right? And it just be this huge return of energy that you'll receive. And then you have Gary Vee, who was definitely saying, put it out there. Um, I think there are two different types of methods that both create a certain type of impact. It just is a matter of what you are related to the most and which types of methods you want to apply that to. I think yeah. both are justified. 
Um, honestly, <laughs> Gary, Gary V has it down. Like, just get it out there, right? It really yeah. depends on that mindset of you as an individual and a person and about the content that you're creating. If you're pushing out a lotion and you want to do like a seasonal blast about that lotion, I think going the Mr. Beast route is right. Consume your resources, bring everyone together, and then make a big, massive push out when it's time to do so. I don't think that the slow kick, kick you know, jab, jab, kick is going to work in that same space if we were using a lotion brain in that way. So, yeah. I know we focused on this episode, why Facebook is back on top. This was the one that we were kind of looks we would all listen to and sort of, you know, give feedback on. And what I got from that episode was that they seem to prioritize their platforms. So, you know, if they think TikTok is really hot this month or they think, uh, you know, Facebook is the priority, then they switch. They focus on one and kind of deep dive on that for a while. And then maybe they let another one go by the wayside until it kind of turns around. So. I thought that was kind of interesting that um, if I had to take a a tab to take away for this particular episode, that seemed to be the one that uh, or one of the things that I took away from that one. Um, To be really honest, um, my business does a little bit of that. We know that Instagram is our is our home base, um, but we like to dabble and say, okay, this season we're going to focus on YouTube and making sure that that's up to par in areas of growth for quarter one. If we meet those type of goals and those standards, then we can check that box and move on to another platform. The cool thing about that part is the crescendo, right? Eventually, once you hit all the dots, all the waves hit all the currents, the current's going to grow. And eventually it's going to start waving into all the other areas that you have not eventually tapped into or grown or spent a lot of time and energy in. So I do I do very much see the validity in going that route as well. Well, we talk a lot about niche. I know that uh, I would say that your podcast is maybe a bit on the on the niche side, whereas obviously Gary V's going for entrepreneurship, which is obviously a huge category. I wonder if you've ever thought of expanding your niche, Danielle, to see whether or not you could go outside the box and uh, take some some lessons from Gary V and go big. grow it. I definitely have thought about it for sure more than once. I can <laughs> I can be very honest about that. I like the idea of of kind of being in this place where, again, an umbrella, what Gary Vee has taught me is I don't have to stay in one place. Um, and I don't, ha- and I can play musical chairs as often as I like. And I like this uh, kind of uh, idea that he is embedded in many entrepreneurs, I'm sure, and many other podcasters is how to experiment with podcasting without kind of pushing yourself out of the window, if you will. So um, I definitely have had bonus content episodes where I've kind of dribbled a little bit away from just the median of women in tech and women creatives. I use my personal business platform, Octane Design Studios, as a way to really kind of push that envelope. Um, What else can we do? I'm really proud of the fact that as a blurred, I get to kind of experiment with all things science fiction and uh, a little bit of horror here or there um, with my fandom of all things um, in those areas. And so in comics, of course, how, how can I forget that? Um, but I think it's really cool that I've been able to take the technology, the graphic building that we've done. And we went out and did like a very live but worldwide premiere of reviewing the season eight of Game of Thrones. Like we we invested in a Thrones chair. We brought people in for interviews from around the world. Um, through telecoms like Zoom. Uh, we even had people come in and give their personal predictions, per, uh, yes, their personal predictions of what the uh, season would play out to be. Uh, we did all of this while still being connected in the same spot, wrapped around this 
commonality of idea of experimenting, doing things more on an experimental basis has really been one of the foundational things that Gary Vee has taught me personally, working both in the podcasting perspective, but then also being a creative and kind of pushing the envelope in different ways. Yeah. What kind of reception did you get from that? When you break out from your regular thing, what does the audience say? I mean, that's a tough thing to do to sort of throw in things that are outside of your, you know, I want to say the common genre. Um, what was the feedback on that? Uh, at first it was, yeah, like, duh, why didn't you do this before? Like, this is so cool. <laughs> and then the other part of it was, okay, is she going to sustain it? How is she going to keep it after the fact? Is this ongoing? Um, is this not ongoing? Um, it's something that's just kind of one of those blue moon moments. And in the in the moment, it was very much of, yes, this is a very much blue moon moment, like rolling out red carpets in the middle of, you know, uh, a dusty barn just to make this world premiere feel, you know, epic on this level. To take a space and transform it into something that someone did not see, um, I didn't even see on that level was really kind of transformative. But those are the lessons that I feel like Gary V is consistently sharing through his experiences. He's showing the bare bones and the walls. He's showing um, little to nothing and then showing people how he takes the blank canvas and makes it into something. And I feel like that is very depictive of what I do for a living. I take blank walls and I paint canvases, canvases in different ways. Yeah, awesome. I like it. Yeah, I like it. I think I agree that you know, that experimentation is enormously valuable. I think if you're trying to monetize a podcast, though, over time, that staying on script may be the mm -hmm. way to get there, unless you find as you, you know, as you break off that you find something that's more successful, and then you just go with it. I think it's a hard thing. I, it sounds like you really do know your audience. And it sounds like you've got a diverse audience who's interested in a lot of different things. I mean, I'm interested in seeing how what you can do with that, Danielle, because that sounds interesting. If you keep if you keep trying those kind of pivots. Absolutely. I think yeah. that was one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to be um, this creative, this type of entrepreneur was because yeah. I knew I could go one way and then go another. And I also really want to make sure too, that um, when I'm doing something, I'm doing it wholeheartedly, very much Gary V stance, right? If we're going to do it, we're going to do it. Whether it comes out again, grade A or not is irrelevant because I'm doing it. And I think that is also a big part of the fire that continues to um, push me and push the envelope for both the podcast and for the business. And you say we, so you've got a team. Maybe you can help just some of the uh, some of the listeners understand how you fund it. So you've obviously got a functioning business that operates and makes money. And then you've got the podcast on the side. And do those people move back in a fluid nature? Um, we work as a team, yes. So, I mean, I've got QCers. My team, my staff is definitely my QCers. Okay. Um, we love the fact that we have a strong quality control. Um, but we also also have a separate staff specifically with the podcasting. So they focus primarily, obviously, on um, production, editing. I focus primarily in the actually the, the face of in a lot of areas. So um, I used to do it all. But I as we grew and as the, the platform grew, I knew I had to do more to sustain it. So that is really where um, where we are now. So a team of seven women from across the world. And we wow. just kick ass every day. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I love that. All right. So for our audience. I want to hear something specific that you learned from Gary V that you have been able to apply to your podcast. Oh man. Oh, okay. So this puts me in the hot seat. So um, 
the main lesson that I have received from Gary Vee is to one, know thyself and be true to thyself. Mm. I think that is one of the most paramount lessons, whether it's, whether it looks crazy, whether it sounds great, whether it sounds horrible, be true to yourself and know yourself. When I get silence, I get sad, I get anxious. It's not interesting to me. So I think the key here is to just know yourself. So that when um, other things kind of parallel or jump on or climb that bandwagon with you, you know who's of true value to yourself and true value to your brand. Um, There's a lot of things that I don't always um, see eye to eye on, but I know what's the best thing for the brand. And so at the end of the day, that's what I lean on. And I think that's one of the main lessons that I learned from Gary. All right. Trust yourself. Yes. Yeah. I I can't disagree with any of that. I I think that's really good, uh, valuable advice for any podcaster out there. Be true to yourself and do your thing and don't worry about. And we've said this before on this show, right? You got to find your people, right? And in order to find your people, you got to be true to you, not try to pretend to be something you think other people want um Mm -hmm. just do you and your people will find you so it really is i i'm a complete testimony to that i i think that's really um the most important thing that you could do for yourself (laughs) awesome well any kind of final words anything else you'd like to share with our audience about you know podcasting and your experience and what works or doesn't work or um, really, it's kind of that around that same self, you know, knowing thyself and being true to yourself. There's going to be a lot of things that come at you, um, opportunities that sound super great, that eventually you're going to have to have enough balls to say no or turn down or okay. walk away from. Yeah. And I think it's going to be really important for people, especially going into podcasting in this next generation of podcasting, where we're seeing all of these young influencers come out and do their own things. Um, we're seeing kids come out of the woodworks and do their own things right now in this in this realm of podcasting. And then, of course, where is podcasting and news outlets and things along those lines, the development of all these voices. Yeah. Um, the most important thing that I could encourage anyone is to be defined in who you are and be defined in what you want to say and stick to your gut. Awesome. That's a good lesson. And yes. great is the enemy of good enough, right? I think is what yes. I've taken away oh from this. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely learned something from you, Danielle. I, I think that Gary V, there's an audience that Gary V relates to. And it's it's if it's people like you, then you know, I wouldn't have thought of that originally. So um I, I I've learned something today. Fantastic. Awesome. All right. Well, I think that is a wrap. You've been listening to No Harm in Asking with Eric Byron and Michael Kerr and Danielle Meadows Stinnett today as we reviewed Gary V the audio experience. Thank you all for joining us. I hope you will subscribe. I hope you'll go give Danielle's podcast, More Than Graphics, a listen. She's wonderful. And thank you again. This podcast is sponsored by Colab.me, the free-to-use platform for interview planning, preparation, and collaboration.